Hi, Dave Blackman here, Technology Expresso at Nesby 43 here in Kansas City, Missouri. We are in the Innovation Lab here at the event with the prestigious Mr. William Wells, who, who, who coordinated this whole beehive of activity here in the Innovation Center. So tell us, well, how was the event? It was wonderful. Wonderful. Just glad to see all the kids happy, learning, exploring, asking questions. It's just wonderful. There was a lot for them to do here from video game simulators. Well, they're not really video games. These are actually trainers, backhoes, and all kind of excavating equipment. Making the water move in the sand. Yeah. Absolutely. A lot of science uh, exhibits and colleges. University of Maryland was here. Nesby and the Lego group was were here. Uh, Pitsco with robotics. Then yeah. The list goes on. NASA, Kansas Speedway, NASA is here. Doctor Who is, uh, H2O is here as well. I called him Doctor Who. He's not going to let me forget that. Doctor, Doctor, <laughs> Doctor, Doctor H2O is yes. here as well. The kids. That's right. And that, well, there's a whole learning center here. It's well, innovation at its best. You forgot one of the most important people that were here. That's you and your wife, Jacqueline. You all were here. Don't forget that. I saw these kids hovered around here, and you were teaching them about social media. That's huge. So thank you. Thank you for coming. Well, we were glad to be here. This was our first Nesby event, and we've always heard about Nesby, um, met people that were part of Nesby, but was never really at the event, and it really captivated us, and it's just so much energy here. We really had a great time covering yes. the events. Uh, stay tuned, everyone. Visit our website, technologyexpresso.com slash social, for our versions of the uh, event and how we saw it through our eyes, but also nesby.org and A-Steam Village. We cannot forget A-Steam Village. You can't forget BDPA. Uh, BDPA as well. Uh, that we, we've run into a few individuals here, but this was a Nesby event and a, a Steam Village event, and we were very uh, proud to be a part of that village. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. So thank you. Thanks, everyone. Hello, this is Jacqueline Sanders Blackman of Technology Expresso, and we're here at Nesby 43. And today we are in the Innovation Lab, day three at the Innovation Lab, and I have my first interview of the morning. This is Kelvin. Kelvin, would you introduce yourself? Tell people what school you are and what brings you here to this conference. Uh, so my name is Kelvin. Everyone just calls me KD. And I represent Temple University, uh, whoop, whoop, bioengineering. And right now I'm here just uh, exploring and looking for new opportunities and see where I can go. Excellent, excellent. So tell us about what you're studying there at Temple University. At Temple University I'm studying bioengineering. My concentration is on biomechanics. Shout out to Dr. Spence and Ruth O'Shea. They were amazing advisors throughout this whole process. Um, I'm interested in pediatric prosthesis. I'm trying to just understand what that's about and just continue from there. Excellent, excellent. What, what started your passion in this area? To be honest, what started my passion was uh, <laughs> I was watching TV and I was watching uh, uh, this show on Spike about how people were fighting from different, uh, from different centuries. And the person on there was a bioengineer and he was calculating all these forces and stuff and how things were swinging. And I was like, I kind of want to do that. And I got into it. 
excellent. You know that you're, you're, I see you're, you're laughing at it and, and um, uh, blushing a little bit. But, you know, it, inspiration can come from all over the place. And that's what we want young people to, to realize is yeah. that sometimes you something just sparks you and you go with it. Thank Tell you. me about how did you get affiliated with Nesby? How did I get affiliated with Nesby? It was my sister. She went to Bucknell University, and she told me, you should try for Nesby. You should go for Nesby. And I was like, all right. And it took me a while to finally like get involved as much as I wanted to. This is my first conference, and I'm so excited to be here. And I guess every, I had people who kept on telling me to come, come. And Mabel, one of, one of the most amazing people I've met this, during this whole time, she said, I just trusted her, and I showed up. I just started showing up, and she was like, and she got me here. I love that. That's beautiful. Sometimes you just got to show up and let the rest just happen organically. Yeah. Um, just let it move you. Um, you said it was your first conference. So tell people about some of the things that you've experienced so far. So some of the things that I've experienced is I know everyone's out there kind of looking for careers and jobs. I've just, been, I've just been meeting new people. I've just been networking. And by that, I've just been going up, saying hi. And anything that interested me, I just stopped and talked. And if... Some, something or a feeling came up that led me to someone, I just walked up and I, and, I, and I started a conversation, just said, hey, my name is Kelvin, and I just wanted to say hi and just introduce myself. And from there, like, I've gotten opportunities to actually talk to amazing people. Uh, just kind of like how you walked up here and said hi. I know. <laughs> and here you're on the radio. How'd that happen? <laughs> this was just a wild coincidence, but I'm blessed to have this opportunity, and that's absolutely, all I can ask for. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and, and everything that you're sharing, you know, you're touching people, you know, your uh -huh. experience, you know, and just how you, you, you described it. Sometimes you don't have to come here on a mission. You just let things happen. And that I, is I, I love your openness to that. Um so, you know, now now that you've kind of walked into this space, now, did you have a chance to go over to the career fair? Have yeah. you been to any workshops? Uh, yeah, I was at a different workshop, a humility workshop. It was uh, more, it wasn't, my, it wasn't something that I was very comfortable with. It was, uh, it was a bit more business-like, and honestly, like, even having a suit and everything, it felt so unlike me, and I was, like, out of my zone. And right when I came here, I was, I felt so comfortable. I was, like... I was seeing things that I love, which is like hanging out with kids, just building with Legos. Oh, building with Legos and uh, just doing something fun. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, but that kind of speaks to there's something for everyone at this conference. So, you know, <laughs> at different stages, you know, um, and, and they did a phenomenal job they of did. organizing it. You know, it's just amazing <laughs> to see. I mean, they, they really, it was well thought out. It and was. Because I have to say, it's, it's our Technology Express. So it's our first year at the conference, too. So, um, and, you know, we spent day one in this room, and we didn't even realize there was a whole other world <laughs> out there. I didn't. I literally just, uh, I think I was sitting down, and I was like, I kind of want to take a break. And I walked outside, and I saw people going at walking in different directions so i just said no let's explore and see what's up and Ex it led me here exactly exactly so what would you say to to young people that um sometimes shy away from engineering they think that it's a uh, you know they get intimidated maybe by the math or or that type of thing I, what would you say to those <laughs> i promise you if you're dedicated to it and you actually go through you'll succeed there's always people there looking out and trying to make sure you have every opportunity and every chance to succeed Absolutely, absolutely. And, and also as far as Nesby and the, the family, the, the system here, uh, what would you also say to them about that? 
I would say uh, just whoever, if you see someone who's passionate about something, push them. Push them, and they will always, and if they want to continue, they will always strive for success. And the yes. Nesby family is someone who is a group of people who I, I love and could not be happier with. Excellent. Well, I'm so glad you stopped by to say hi, and it turned into to this. <laughs> yeah, I'm so <laughs> Our glad. first interview of the day. Enjoy the rest of the conference, and much success to you. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Okay, here we are at Nesby 43, and we're continuing with our coverage uh, on day three. And my next guest on the show, I'm going to have her introduce herself. Well, good morning. My name is Dion King with Dion King Consulting, LLC, located here in Kansas City, Missouri. Oh, excellent, excellent. So we're so excited. What brings you out to this Nesby event? Well, there's two things. One, I served as a guest speaker on the opening morning for the uh, corporate board affiliates. And so it was an honor to be able to come in and talk to some of the brightest, most innovative thinkers in our nation about unconscious bias in STEM careers. Oh. The second part and uh, the, the most, uh, the highlight of the week for me is my son is actually a part of the Nesby Junior Program where he uh, serves at part of the esteemed village here in Kansas City, Missouri. So he is a future engineer. And uh -huh. so I come as a speaker and also as a supportive mommy of a oh. nine-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> so you're covering both ends. So yes, oh. I am. You know how mothers, we have to do that. So that, I'm, it's, it's dual duty this week. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's, let's talk. Well, let's do the, the mommy side of things. Give our audience a little bit of context because, um, and we know uh, and have been affiliated, and thanks to Will, um, Will Wells of Acing Village, and you actually have one of the students that's in his program. Yes, ma'am. So tell from a, a parent's perspective, tell, tell us what this Acing Village is. Well, the Acing Village is a, it's a, a village of our beautiful brown and black babies. And they come together, and particularly my son is in the uh, first division because it's the eight- and nine-year-olds. And so a lot of their work and projects are with Legos. And so just in my simple mind, because I am not an engineer by any stretch of the imagination, but just being able to see them count, learn about volume, learn about depth, and being able to do that uh, with Legos and then have them animated and, and the, the motors and everything. So he's had an, a, a unique experience, and it's been a few months now that he's been a part of the program, and I can actually see a lot of growth. He's very advanced in just his language. And then with William Wells and his staff, they've been able to uh, encourage the children to re actually research about animals, African lions, the honeybees, photosynthesis, all of that and how the rainforest. And so being able to, and that's actually what they demonstrated today, is um, a visual of the rainforest that features a, a, a honeybee that kind of moves around in a circle and then Af uh, African lions. So it was a just it's been a tremendous experience for him and as well just standing back as a parent watching him grow in that uh, is so rewarding. Absolutely. Oh, that that does. Um, and, and, and just kudos to, to William and what, what he's put together. Um, and, and, and as we've even been a, a testimony to this room that we have here, yes. you know, it, even as adults, you're a bit challenged. You know, when you walk in here, you turn into a big kid. Yes, you do. There's a lot of lights and glitter and things going boom. And uh, it's just amazing uh, just to see all the creative minds that they've 
come from all parts of the nation. Absolutely. So. You know, would you speak to, as, as, as you, we mentioned just previously, um, being a parent and um, getting your child engaged, when did you first, you know, kind of become aware about getting your child engaged in STEM and STEAM? Because we didn't grow up with this kind of exposure. What made you first get your child involved? That's a very good question, Jacqueline. I actually recognized early, actually before elementary school, that he was really advanced in math and science. He always had a love for taking apart things in the house and putting them back together. He asked a lot of questions and was curious about how it, you know, the process and how it came to work. Um, he's one of those kids where he programs everything in the house, <laughs> including um, when I forget the child parental controls. Um, he's the one that we ask, hey, what's the parental control that we put on there to keep you out? <laughs> and so he's really good about those things. And so to your question, we just noticed that he was really advanced in his studies with math and science, and he had a love for that. We went through, you know, going through uh, karate and flag football and all those things. And it just, it just wasn't a fit for him. And it wasn't until uh, Councilman Quentin Lucas here in the city posted something about the Asting Village program on Facebook mm-hmm. uh, that I, we became acquainted with this. And so we uh, immediately enrolled him, and it seems like it's just been a good fit for our son. Excellent, yeah. excellent. That that's that's wonderful, and you know that's that's one of the things um, that we are really encouraging that parents sometimes try to find their steam, their inner steam, yes. and even finding some of that balance and not it having to be a choice between academics and athletics. So yes. that's so important. The parents play a key part in that. In some right. of those areas, they might not even be comfortable with or yes. exposed to. So sometimes the parents are learning as they go as well. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> now let's uh, now let's talk about the other opportunity where you were actually on the program and you, and you tell us about what was your your uh, topic and sure. and and some of the key points. Absolutely. Well, like I mentioned in your introduction, I was asked to come and speak um, to the corporate partners uh, during a breakfast time and. Part of my business is just providing leadership development and specifically diversity and inclusion initiatives. And so I was asked to come in and talk about the effects and impact of unconscious bias in science and technology and engineering, the arts and math uh, careers. And so as you know, with unconscious bias, particularly in the diversity field, um, a lot of organizations are wanting to get that. In times past, diversity and inclusion was a taboo topic. It was like politics and religion. It's just something you don't talk about. But now in our climate with the, the, the new administration, people are trying to figure out how they fit, how they can be engaged and developed in what they do. But then many times, particularly with uh, people of color and those that have been underrepresented in the society, they don't get these opportunities because those that are in leadership, those that are hiring, those that are making decisions about promotion and advancement, have a lot of biases that come uh, to the table. So the preconceived notions, um, all the things that we come in at as, as a disadvantage as minorities plays a part in our careers. And so part of my um, presentation was about how our unconscious mind makes decisions based on our preconceived notions. And those influencers come from what our moms and dad taught us, what our pastors or priests um, instilled in us. Um, 
what our teachers and culture and community have taught us. And whether it's right or wrong, it's it makes up our moral fabric and, and what we believe. And so I was challenging many of the thought leaders in that room on how is it that you make these decisions? Are they the best decisions? And being able to recognize when your decision may not necessarily be the right one. So it's coming to the table with an open mind so that you can um, position your organization to capture the best and brightest diverse talent possible. So it was an, a, a very engaging conversation. People were asking a lot of questions. And as a presenter, that's good. So it was like no one was asleep, right. and most people were not on their phones. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think I, I'd like to say it was a success. Absolutely. And, and you know, because you said there, it, there is some taboo about uh, diversity and inclusion because um, certain generations, they go back to the quota, mm-hmm. that it's all about fitting a quota. And that was a way to also discount that when people were qualified for those positions. You just got it because, you know, not in spite of the color of your skin. Um, and so I think that there's still some bias there that, that we're, we're fighting with. So right. I'm sure maybe that was, was covered as well. Yes, it was. And I, I like how you said that, the, the quotas. And I'm one that believes that there's sometimes you do need to have a numerical goal. And um, if that gives a person an opportunity and it levels the playing ground for, to opening the doors to communities that aren't normally put in place in certain positions, by, by all means, we want to throw the doors open and allow um, groups that historically have not been a part of the, the table and a part of the conversation. Um, many times we walk into organizations um, overqualified, but very... Uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Undervalued. Overqualified, but undervalued. And so that was also part of the discussion, too. How are you presenting yourself and, and making sure that you have the opportunities that you need? Absolutely. Tell me, tell me some of the other key points that sure. you like to get across when you do this presentation. Okay. Some of the takeaways for, that you like them to have. Great. And then also this will kind of lead into your question about uh, some of the questions that were asked there. Micro inequities is a invo- very important topic. As you're talking about unconscious bias, there's no way you can have a discussion about micro inequities. And so I just worked, uh, had a working conversation and definition about what that is. It's those subtle um, disparaging things that make people feel disvalued and devalued and marginalized uh, in the workplace. And so I just asked the audience to provide me with some examples of what are some of micro inequities. One in particular is if you're sitting in a room and you have a person that you're speaking with avoids eye contact or does not take the time to uh, learn the correct spelling and pronunciation of your name. Now, while that might be a little small, subtle, disparaging thing that makes you feel bad, time and time and time again, those things build up, and it becomes the main reason why a lot of corporations experience uh, attrition problems, particularly with minorities. All these things build up. And it's just like, and I gave the, uh, Aaron Reeves does an amazing uh, illustration of mosquito bites. While they're small and they are a nuisance, after a while, if you're getting hit with hundreds of them daily, those are the things that make you just say, I can't take it anymore, I'm out, I'm leaving. And so we're having uh, this effect happen in a lot of industries where these small, subtle micro inequities are causing uh, big problems with retention. 
Oh, absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, and, and clearly, you know, there's a lot of dialogue about women. Yes. Uh, and then you have the double minority of being a woman and being one of color. Mm -hmm. um, and so you're, you're absolutely right because uh, there is a big exodus of women of color. And I myself, having been 30 years in IT, um, it's heartbreaking. And this is, this is why we're so passionate here at Technology Expresso is because... Um, I've done this for 30 years. It's a, it's actually an area that I love. I can tell. <laughs> I mean, you light up when you talk about it. I, I yeah. love what I do, and I want to pass on to another young person to have a career that they love. Yes. Um, and then I don't find a young lady that I can bring along. And then at the same time, some that I brought in are already five mm -hmm. years or so. They're mm -hmm. getting burned out because they feel every day you have to go in you kind of have to have your defenses up. Uh, you have to fight your way through, you know, or you, you have to continue to prove yourself uh, when other people, you know, even some of the same behaviors, which you might be passionate about or consider a passion, they consider being aggressive. <laughs> yes, and you know what, you've said a lot. There's two things that I love that you just said about, particularly what you do uh, as a business owner. Mentorship is so important for women. Not only mentorship, but sponsorship. Because you have that social and political capital in your, in your business to be able to make sure that the women that you bring up are successful. And so being able to, you know, the people that you sponsor, being able to tap into the resources and your network, I mean, that's amazing. I think a lot of times we're not taught as African-American women uh, to pull from our village of women. But that is our strength. That is our greatest resource to be able to um, have that resource right there. And many times it doesn't really take a lot just to say, hey, my sister, I need your help. And uh, I have yet to have someone to tell me no. If you say, hey, I'll treat you to lunch or I'll treat you to coffee, everyone says yes. So, I mean, and so those opportunities um, for us as African-American leaders to mentor and make sure that we're passing the baton to some amazing women. Um, the other thing that you just said uh, about having to continually prove ourselves in the workplace, yes. I don't know how we avoid that, but we have to do that. And I, I know other demographics in the workplace may not have to remind everybody but of that, but yes, I've experienced that in my own profession, that you have to continue to let them know that you uh, play a, a, a very important part at the table. Absolutely. And absolutely. that your voice is, is going to make a difference. Absolutely. And uh, I just want to remind our audience, we're talking to Dion King, um, CEO and strategic consultant um, here in Kansas City, Missouri. But they also can get in contact with you. Share with them some of your uh, social, your handles and uh, contact information. Yes, you know, the greatest way to contact us is at www.dmkconsults.com, and then you can access all of our media outlets there. Um, you also, if you want to hit me up directly, you can do so at Dion, that's D-I-O-N-N-E, at dmkconsults.com. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, this, is, this, is, this topic, we could go on for a, a while, and we definitely want to uh, bring you back for an extended, and maybe even have a call-in show and have some people ask you some questions. I like that, too. <laughs> yes, ma'am. We can take this in all sorts of directions. But, you know, and, well, one of the things I, I would love for you to comment on, too, 
is Hidden Figures. Uh, your thoughts about that, and and I'll just let you take it from there. What, what was your thoughts and reaction to that? Well, I had the opportunity to do a VIP screening that uh, it was the the viewing of it, but then also there was a discussion uh, with some hidden figures here in the Midwest, and so we had a panel of some amazing women to sit and talk about some of the similarities and the experiences that were, you know, very um, life-changing for these uh, hidden figures. And it was good to just kind of sit back and, and think about all the things and trials that we go through as women and as African-American women. And then to see it displayed on the big screen, how impactful that is. I began to look around the room and just kind of see some of the young women and their response to like, wow, you know, it's easy now for me to be able to do what I do because I you know, because these women laid the foundation, they walked through some terrain areas, they, they um, endured some tremendous struggles in order to, again, going back to your uh, great question, to prove how qualified they were to do the job that they were doing. And so uh, for me, it was a, um, a place where I felt encouraged as I was watching the movie. I think the actresses, um, I'm sure, captured the personalities and the strength of the African-American uh, women that they were portraying. I think it was well done. And it gives you a really big sense of, of absolutely, pride. Absolutely, absolutely. And I just love how it's really um, mainstream, the, this conversation yes. and dialogue. And so... Did you see the numbers and the box office uh, records? Absolutely. It was amazing. And, and, and that, yeah. uh, th those numbers speak volumes, especially in Hollywood, that we do receive these types of movies and we're hungry for them. Um, so I, I, I think it's wonderful. Several of my interviews when I have uh, young ladies here, uh, I ask them their reaction. And it's just, it just reinforces over and over when you get their, their testimony. And you know what I also liked is how the community came to support. I noticed that um, sororities, like the sorority that I'm in, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, as well as some other um, sororities hosted um, the previews and hosted talks. And so it was an opportunity to see all the different women organizations here in the Midwest to say, hey, we're going to make sure that we hit box office success. So um, just a coming together of the community, I think, was You're very impactful. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Um, and, you know, like like I said, we we could go a while on this because it's, it's such an important topic. The work that you do is so important. But let's let's leave on the note because we're here at the Nesby Conference, and this is also an example of community and reinforcement and support. And sometimes I think people miss the opportunity because they think, well, I'm not into engineering. My child's not into engineering. But there's something more that's going on here. What, what, what are your thoughts? As you walk in, there's energy. You look to your left and to your right, and you see community. You see excitement. You see there's this um, spirit of wanting to learn, um, innovation, um, going beyond, out-of-the-box thinking. And so I just can describe it as just this tremendous energy. And uh, I've caught on to it, and I'm walking around smiling, and my son is very happy, and a lot of his buddies in the Asting Village are just doing some, some great things. And so it's energy, it's, it's live, it's fun, and I would encourage anyone, if you want to have your children in positive 
a, a program that have um, role models that will help you, that have created some tremendous pipelines to help you get there, put aside finances and resources to fund those efforts, this would be the, the, the organization to be a absolutely, part of. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I am, again, had you not been passing through our innovation uh, area here with your, your son, this wouldn't have happened. So It wouldn't have happened at all, and I'm really appreciative of you giving me the opportunity to speak with you, and definitely uh, this will not be our last time absolutely, getting together. Absolutely, absolutely. I think we can do some wonderful things, some wonderful collaborations. So thank you again. Continue doing what you're doing. We appreciate what you do. Oh, thank um, you. And, thank you and very much. And look forward to talking to you again. Same thank here, Jacqueline. Thank you. God bless you. Mm-hmm.